Welcome to Travel with Stephanie Abrams. I am thrilled you are with us this hour. Um, you know, I my brain works in mysterious ways, as all of you who have been fans for almost two decades now know well. I've been watching a series on, um, I want to say it's on Netflix, called Outlander. If you haven't been seeing it, it is wonderful, but um, this is not a series I would recommend you sit down with your minor children um, unless you are, you know, have a very open household because there are the language, nudity, and, and I don't need to go into it. Use your imagination and you're right. But it's a wonderful story. Uh, and it's a story based on a number of books that was turned into the series Outlander. You've got to see it. And it is the story of a woman in Scotland intrigued by one of those stone circles, uh, like in uh, in uh, the Plains of Salisbury near Bath, England, you know, Stonehenge and Bonnie Rig in Scotland is another one. Um, every now and then, they generally date back to the Druids. And um, the woman goes with her husband to visit these stones. And the next day, he's got an appointment. And she decides to take a drive in the Scottish countryside in the Highlands and goes winds up back at the stones. And when she puts both of her hands on the stones to kind of feel the essence of the stones, she is swept through the stones and leaves 1940-something and comes out on the other side in 1774 or 5 or something like that. So um, it, it, he, she's pre-Revolutionary War, colonial period, and winds up living there for, um, well, they're now the, the fourth season just came out. And I couldn't wait for the fourth season to come out. We binge-watched it in three nights. We saw all 13 episodes. So now I have to wait for season five, probably this fall. In the last parts, they are now in colonial America, in Virginia and North Carolina. They go to Boston. They're in Pennsylvania. But much of it is in North Carolina. And somewhere near the end of the fourth season, they have a reason to work their way to through New York State, through Pennsylvania and up into New York. And they are heading to meet the Mohawk tribesmen. Along the way, they meet some Algonquin Native Americans and some other tribes that they're related to. But they wind up in a couple of the episodes around a campfire and in some cases during the daylight hours where there is a musical ceremony, ritual, rite or everybody just entertaining themselves in some cases being joyous, dancing and singing and chanting and playing Native American instruments. And I'm watching this, and it just occurred to me how much the tom-tom that was being played, the way it was held, the way it was played, what it looked like, what it sounded like, reminded me of the Irish musical instrument called the boran, which if you pronounced it the way it's spelled, it looks like botaran. It's pronounced boran. And I thought to myself, we know there were Irishmen in North America around the year 1000 or something when uh, St. Brendan arrived from Ireland in his boat made of leather. And that's why there are so many places in Canada called St. Brendan's, because basically that's where he spent his time. We know that there was an O'Connor who traveled with the Spanish conquistadors in Mexico and, in, and founded what today is Tucson, Arizona, and that happened somewhere in the 1500s. So 
I really became curious as to whether the Celts had the Boren brought it along on their journeys and somehow passed that inspiration to native North Americans or was that something that was uniquely Native American that some Irishmen saw and said, oh, gee, there's a wheel and it rolls. I think we could use that. And went back to Ireland and started making an instrument called the Boren. Had a conversation with my very good friend, Derek Warfield, and I'm hoping that we can get him on the air before today is over. You know, he is a musicologist. He is um, a musical historian. He is a composer, and he is very deeply into Irish music and music that we consider American music that is based in Irish music. Because I want to talk with him about the Boren. He's quite a Boren player, by the way. And I had a chat with him the other day just to ask him if he can make the time to come on with us. And he told me that there, and I've forgotten what languages he mentioned, different Native American languages, that there are words in the Irish language that are pronounced exactly the way that those words are pronounced in, I think he said Algonquin maybe, but I don't remember. We'll have to get it from the horse's mouth and ask him. And not only are the words pronounced the same way, they mean the same thing in Irish and in Native American, American uh, Indian tribal languages. So there's something going on there. And I reached out and connected with a wonderful woman. You know, you know, you, how many times have you heard me say that somebody is so wonderful they need to be dipped in bronze and placed in the Smithsonian as an example of excellence? Well, this woman <laughs> who I've fallen in love with, Lisa Austin, who is in public affairs for the Smithsonian Institution uh, in regard to the uh, Museum of the American Indian, which is an arm of the Smithsonian, I gave her a call, and the woman is sheer genius, and in no time flat, she said, I know just who you have to talk with. I will set it up, and as a result, we have waiting on the line to talk with me. Uh, a person who is a museum cultural specialist for the Smithsonian, Natural uh, Museum of the American Indian, Mr. Dennis Zotai. And um, he knows all about drums, too. That's the best part for me, and the rest is going to be the best part for you. And we're going to talk with him right after this. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture. A UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. I I am so excited that I have, through the auspices and great assistance of Lisa Austin, I have Dennis Zotai, Museum Cultural Specialist for the Smithsonian Natural Museum of the American Indian on the line with us. Where are you based, Dennis? Well, first of all, I'd like to give you a greeting in the Kiowa language, which means, how are you feeling? A long time ago, in the central plains of the United States, the Kiowa people migrated down from Canada. And many times there was feast, and other times there was famine. And during times, both times, we always greeted our tribesmen with, how are you feeling? Is how we say that. And um, if our tribesmen were cold, hungry, or needed assistance, we acted accordingly. And this is one of the protocols of Native people. And I also want to thank you for um, uh, the shout out to Lisa. Yes, she is a wonderful person. She's awesome. And I have to tell you, in the world of PR people, she is so head and shoulders above everybody else. I've already told her when she needs a raise, she needs to come to me and I will be her advocate. Because she's worth her weight in platinum. That woman is amazing. Yes. 
amazing and, and you know skilled efficient and um knows how to get things done and cheerful cooperative wonderful i mean she's just oh i am our president of our fan club I can't say that about every person in PR. In fact, one day I will write an expose on PR people because there are so few like Lisa out there. She is a treasure. And um, Lisa, I hope you're listening. I hope you go to our podcast at sabrams.net or the archived audio and send a link to the people you report to because they need to know. (laughs) Too often people are doing an outstanding job and everybody's so busy, they're too busy to notice and minimally do a pat on the back and a thank you. But I don't know about your bank, Dennis. My bank only has lines for cash and checks. There's no line for pat on the back. So (laughs) in any event, uh, you know, a very special thank you because with somebody else in the middle, I might never have gotten you on the air. So I'm thrilled. Let's talk just about your own background. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, which is in uh, the deserts of the Southwest. I went to college at Brigham Young University, as well as the University of Oklahoma, uh, where I started uh, a dance company, and we traveled to approximately 40 countries from around the world, uh, sharing Native culture. Wow. Well, I I want to give a shout out to WHOB in um, Hobbs, New Mexico, where we are heard. So um, stay with me, everybody. We're going to take a quick break and come right back because I have so many questions for Dennis Zotai, who's going to educate us on music and everything else we need to know as well as give us insights into the Natural Museum of the American Indian, a part of the wonderful Smithsonian Institution. Don't leave me. show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Got your bags packed yet? Here's travel with Stephanie Abrams and her traveling companion, David Isby. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. Where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a 
wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. Here's a unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. Do a Meet the Author chat online with Stephanie Abrams after reading Rumors, her critically acclaimed novel. Just purchase a minimum of five copies of Rumors in print or ten in ebook format from any online bookseller. Email Stephanie three convenient dates and times in 2021 when you and your gift list recipients of Rumors are available to chat. Perfect for your next book club discussion, too. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com with the dates and times, and Stephanie will confirm this special event. Ask questions, share feedback, and be a part of a memorable experience for every gift-giving occasion filled with conspiracies, lies, love, lust, and intrigue. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com. Visit sabrams.net for details. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect and unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. You know, I am so good at butchering names, and normally they are difficult names, but I managed to get the name of um, the Smithsonian... Uh, institutions, Museum of the American Indian, a little off, so let me correct that. Um, it's the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian, and you'll have no problem finding it online, as well as if you go to sabrams.net, S-A-B-R-A-M-S.net, and when you go to the show notes in the archived audio, when you go to the podcast, you'll, you're going to find a link to the the museum itself so you don't if you're driving or you know you've got your hands in cookie dough or you're painting a room or something don't worry about writing it down you can always go to the website it'll be there one click and you'll be in the museum's website so you started to tell us about where where you grew up and my guest is dennis zotai and again uh, he is the a museum cultural specialist for the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. Now, I understand that there's more than one location for this museum. Am I right on that? Uh, that's correct. We have um, a location of the National Museum of the American Indian called the Gustav High Center, which is located in uh, New York City in lower Manhattan. And our main museum is on the Washington Mall and we also have a cultural resources center, which has holdings of over 825,000 objects of wow. Native people from throughout the Western Hemisphere. Wow. Wow, that's remarkable. So by what path did you arrive associated with this museum? I was uh, originally a employed with the Oklahoma Historical Society. Um, at one point, I was presenting a paper at a conference at the British Museum. At the time, one of my current colleagues uh, was also presenting a paper, and he loved my paper. And uh, he asked me if I would be interested on coming aboard with the National Museum of the American Indian. Wow. And, um, and it was just at the right time. Um, so I became affiliated as a staff member at the National Museum of the American Indian. Yeah, well, the great spirits of the sky were looking out for you, fellow. You know, I don't, believe, I don't believe in accidents and coincidence. I only believe in miracles and fate. <laughs> and, I mean, you want to talk about the intersection of right place, right time, and being prepared? Wow. Yeah, well, I'm a green person, and I allow the creator to control my future and destiny. Well, I love the way you phrase that because one of the things I began to think about more decades ago than I care to mention is 
seeing myself and others as not really being able to take credit for any of my achievements because I was a young achiever early, early, early on. And um, people would carry on about, you know, the wonderful things I was doing even when I was a little tiny person. And I remember thinking then, how do I take credit for that? How do I know I was doing that? And seeing myself as a marionette on a stage with invisible strings being pulled from somewhere that I couldn't see, but dancing me through the process that people were applauding. And, you know, that evolved into all kinds of other spiritual thinking. So you can take that wherever it goes. But I have long believed that, you know, we really can't be terribly proud of what we do because I'm not convinced we are completely responsible for what we do or what we achieve, that there is something else going on there, <laughs> helping to make it all happen. Is there any American Indian philosophy that weaves into that thinking? Um, there is one of taking care of the earth. Um, earth doesn't need us. We need the earth. Oh, have you got that right? You, you know, I remember when there were public service announcements on TV with a Native American in costume of Native Americans that we think of as, you know, ritual wear, standing by a, a river as plastic and garbage went floating by. And I don't, there were no words. It was just all visual. It was maybe 30 seconds and very impactful. But while, you know, you see the beautiful uh, landscape, the mountains, the trees, the pristine water, and then here comes the garbage floating by. And this had to be in the 1960s or 70s or 80s maybe. And as all this is floating by, there, there is a focus on his face and there is a tear floating from his eye down his cheek. And this is what, how many years later? And I still remember as if I was watching it yesterday that, you know, what is happening to the land that the Native American has always cared for and cared about. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't leave me. Portions of today's show brought to you by Curacao, offering vacationers cultural experiences wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture, a UNESCO World Heritage City on a southern Caribbean island with coves, beaches, and over 60 dive and snorkeling sites. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com. Here's a unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. Do a Meet the Author chat online with Stephanie Abrams after reading Rumors, her critically acclaimed novel. Just purchase a minimum of five copies of Rumors in print or ten in ebook format from any online bookseller. Email Stephanie three convenient dates and times in 2021 when you and your gift list recipients of Rumors are available to chat. Perfect for your next book club discussion, too. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com with the dates and times, and Stephanie will confirm this special event. Ask questions, share feedback, and be a part of a memorable experience for every gift-giving occasion filled with conspiracies, lies, love, lust, and intrigue. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com. Visit sabrams.net for details. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect and unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Got your bags packed yet? Here's travel with Stephanie Abrams and her traveling companion, David Isby. 
Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Coast to coast with the most travel professionals and the best business and leisure travel information. Travel with Stephanie Abrams and on-air traveling companion David. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. On the line with me is Dennis Zotai. He is a museum cultural specialist for the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. Could they make that title any longer, people? <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to try to say something, and I'm going to need you to correct me. Hallway, how, how, am I close? I'm trying to repeat uh, what you said at the beginning, which is the how are you? are you speaking? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying. I wrote down phonetically as best I could the greeting that you shared with us in one of the Native American languages. That would be the equivalent of how are you? Yes, it's haw, H-A-W, M-E-M, P-O-H, Yom, Y-O-H-M, Da, D-A-W, with a question mark. Ha, aim, po, yom, da. Okay. Kaiwa, Kaiwa is one of the 300 languages and dialects spoken in the United States today. Wow. What are Native Americans and wonderful institutions like the Smithsonian? if there is such a thing as an institution like the Smithsonian, because it's unique unto itself. But what are individuals and organizations and institutions doing to protect uh, the, the languages from disappearing? You know, it's about two years now, I want to say, that the last speaker of Old Scottish died, and what he knew went with him. And, you know, that's a terrible thing to happen, to have language disappear. And we're going to get into music disappearing in a bit. But is, is there a, a project, a program, um, some regimen out there to, that is allied to, like, protecting artifacts in a museum for future generations? 
um, protecting language, which is a living thing. Well, the museum cannot actually protect a language. A museum can bring awareness to language, fluency, extinction. Right now, we are in the worst era of language extinction in history with American Indians. Um, many languages do not have any fluent languages or language speakers alive at this point. Oh, what a pity. Um, our languages just aren't spoken at home. Um, our young, 75% of American Indians now live in urban areas, are married to non-native people, or uh, other tribes where uh, the native language is not spoken at home. And this has been uh, uh, a large degree of why our languages are declining today. Okay, so when I spoke with Lisa Austin, who was kind enough to set up our interview, she turned me on to... Um, a film, and I think it was on Netflix, but if I'm wrong about that, you'll find out when you go there, then try Amazon. I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix, called Rumble. And I watched Rumble. I highly recommended people. And Rumble is about um, not only the stamping out of Native Americans by the marauding white folk who moved in from Europe, but um, also about not only the attempt to annihilate the Native American, but to annihilate their culture, to annihilate their language, to annihilate their music. And so much of it, this is not some dusty old documentary. This is about the impact of Native American people, descendants, and their music, which is reflective of rhythms, tempos, instruments, um, the overall feel um, and tonality of Native American music. But you will be shocked. In, in this, by the way, people, you got to see this. If you're into music, you'll go nuts. Um, it shows you the development of blues, of jazz, of rock and roll, and the once you are once you get attuned to what you are learning, you're going to see the relationship between Native American rhythms and sound, and popular current music. But one of the things they pointed out is that those famous, celebrated rock and rollers blues people, jazz people, musicians, composers, recording artists, they didn't want to let people know they had a Native American connection because apparently it didn't do them any good in their careers and often ended their careers because it was such prejudice and lack of interest once people found out they were Native American. So I suspect that might have had something to do with people not speaking language at home as part of that whole assimilation process, which is deadly to a culture. What do you think, Dennis? Well, I'd like to back up a little bit and talk about your statement right before the uh, break. You talked about a person that you saw in a commercial uh, on a canoe going down a river, and um, he uh, had was surrounded by trash and debris, and he turned around, he had a big tear in his eye. I need to clarify, he wasn't native. He was an actor. And until recently, native people did not have a voice in the United States of America. We are the minority of minorities, but because of our population, our voices are very dim. It's like whispering in a crowded, stadium. People don't hear our voices. Thus, we um, have our, our, our issues, our ideas um, have not been shared from first person views of Native people. 
other people have interpreted who we are. And the, most of the time, they get it wrong. And so the National Museum of the American Indian is vital to Indian people because it is a place that gives natives voice. That's fabulous. It's fabulous and it's so important. And I don't, I'm, you know, I should have jotted it down. It'll probably come back to me and when we go on the commercial break. I'll find out for sure because I will ask our remote producer um, what what it was we had seen, but I I saw something on TV just after seeing Rumble, this film people you've got to see. Um... And we, we were watching something else. And there was some music and dancing. And you could hear that that was a derivative of Native American music. Had you seen Rumble, you could have picked it out in a heartbeat. Except you otherwise wouldn't have known if you didn't have your consciousness raised and gotten a little bit of education. And now I have about enough education to be dangerous. So, <laughs> uh, and even the thing with um, there are. I mean, look at look at the films like Charlie Chan, who never had anyone of Asian descent was uh, playing the part of Charlie Chan. Uh, that that's been typical in um, all kinds of. Um, American uh, features and promotions of various cultures where whoever is portraying the part has nothing to do with the culture they're portraying. But they did have the fellow um, dressed in something that the average watcher of that public service announcement would have identified the person as being uh, Native American or representing Native Americans, even though he was a, an actor. But I think the important thing of that message for me was that there are people whose inhabitants of North America so predates the people who arrived later and have done nothing but trash the planet and trash North America in so many ways that are destructive, some of them irreparable. And the pain that it was causing in this PSA spot the person who cared deeply enough that it created that, that emotion. And not only created that emotion in the actor, but created that emotion in me. That, you know, we really need to be doing something about what's going on on this planet. And we could take some serious lessons from Native Americans who have always uh, revered um the planet, Mother Earth, and and done their best to care for it in spite of all kinds of problems, hardships, obstacles, prejudice, bigotry, and the like. But when I was watching Outlander, when the group that I'm sure was probably not Native American, but were portraying Native Americans, were dancing and using instruments, the drum was a really important instrument. The only drum I'm familiar with that comes out of Native American culture is the tom-tom, which looks like a giant-sized tambourine without the little jingle bells on it, and um, the little cymbals, um, and looks exactly to me, I mean, I couldn't examine it closely or from the back side of it, in the film, in the series, Outlander. But it looks like the Boren, the Irish Boren. And I wondered if, you know, can you share anything on that subject with us? Is there, did, did the, the Irish get it from the Native Americans when there were Irishmen early on visiting North America? Or did, was it the other way around? Or is there no relationship uh. at all? Stephanie, um, I'm not really familiar with the term tom-tom. Um, American Indians, we have our own words for the drum and other percussion instruments. Um, when you say did 
the Irish give or did the Indian exchange the drum back and forth, the actual origins predate this. And it's actually a prehistory, uh, prehistory uh, answer. Early man in every single part of the earth had a desire to communicate. And they did this through sign language, through um, uh, music. And to establish rhythm, you had to have um, some sort of instrument. And they used um, rocks hit against one another, sticks hit against other one another, uh, clapping in order to establish a rhythm to communicate. In all cultures of the world, music is communication. And music today uh, extends beyond cultural boundaries. It's a way of connecting. When we travel around the world sharing native music, including um, the uh, world travel market, for instance, which in took London. place in East in London. In London, yeah. It used to be uh, Earl's Court. Absolutely. Yeah. We, had, um, we had the um, pleasure of performing with Irish performers. Well, hang on Bear a second. We've got, we've got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. We're going to pick it up right there. Don't leave me. Here's a unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. Do a Meet the Author chat online with Stephanie Abrams after reading Rumors, her critically acclaimed novel. Just purchase a minimum of five copies of Rumors in print or ten in ebook format from any online bookseller. Email Stephanie three convenient dates and times in 2021 when you and your gift list recipients of Rumors are available to chat. Perfect for your next book club discussion, too. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com with the dates and times, and Stephanie will confirm this special event. Ask questions, share feedback, and be a part of a memorable experience for every gift-giving occasion filled with conspiracies, lies, love, lust, and intrigue. Contact Rumors Meetup at AOL.com. Visit sabrams.net for details. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect and unique gift for everyone on your shopping list. The magic is happening at Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass. One of New England's most popular attractions, the village is a unique entertaining world of fun, fantasy, food, and fragrance for the whole family. It's also the world's largest candle shop, where kids and grown-ups can make their own candles. The village is home to the enchanting Black Forest, where it snows year-round. Santa's Workshop, where he welcomes visitors every day of the year. And the Bavarian Christmas Village, filled with sparkling holiday ornaments. In addition to over 400,000 candles, you'll find toys, gifts, and more from great names like Pandora and Vera Bradley. And with tasty treats from Yankee Candy, Fresh Fudge, and Popcornopolis, every day is a holiday. Or sit down with the family for a wonderful meal at the award-winning Chandler's Restaurant. Yankee Candle Village in South Deerfield, Mass., where families come for the candles and stay for the fun. Take the Mass Pike to I-91, exit 24. Movie show travel itineraries with dots on maps. I want to do better than that and take you traveling by TV. Hi, this is Stephanie Abrams. Join me on Sundays on my show, Travel TV with Stephanie Abrams, airing coast to coast when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Plan to sit right beside me. We'll explore travel for fun, 
business, reunions, weddings, honeymoons, families, and sports adventures, reaching homes in Boston, New York City, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Dallas, Houston, Nashville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and more cities across America. Our affiliate TV stations are listed at biztv.com. Let's take off traveling together when it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. Psst, got your bags packed yet? Here's travel with Stephanie Abrams and her traveling companion, David Isby. Ah, Curacao, the island that offers vacationers 55 different cultures wrapped in history and charming traditional European architecture like those you'd find in the Netherlands, but dressed in Southern Caribbean sherbet colors. Curacao's capital city, Willemstead, is a UNESCO World Heritage City waiting for you to explore its many attractions. And when you've whipped up an appetite and thirst after sightseeing and visiting your choice of over 60 dive and snorkeling sites complete with intimate coves and beaches, you'll find a a wide variety of sidewalk cafes, gourmet restaurants, local eateries, and markets to satisfy every palate. Slide into Curacao's live and let live way of life. Curacao, feel it for yourself. Visit curacao.com or call toll free 800-328-7222. That's 800-328-7222. Rumors, Stephanie Abrams' novel of secrets, lies, and conspiracies that ensnare the lives of ordinary people in a tightening web that all starts with rumors. Available at Amazon.com in print and Kindle formats and BarnesandNoble.com. Rumors by Stephanie Abrams, the perfect leisure time companion. Coast to coast with the most travel professionals and the best business and leisure travel information. Travel with Stephanie Abrams and on-air traveling companion David. It's travel with Stephanie Abrams. I want to welcome you back. We're talking with Dennis Zotai, a museum cultural specialist for the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. And, um, you know, when you're in the travel industry, there are things that people say that uh, conjure up entire volumes of encyclopedic size uh, and memories of experiences of exactly what they're referring to. And Dennis mentioned having performed at World Travel Market. And for everybody in the travel industry who's listening, I don't need to explain this for them, but for everybody else, World Travel Market is a yearly, um, well, it's a yearly convention, really, of people interested in anywhere on the globe that has um, value to the traveler, but this it's only for the travel industry. And it used to be held, it's always held in November, a miserable time of year to be in London, by the way, because it's generally rainy and cold and sleet and, you know, it's rare when you get great weather. But you don't go for the weather and you're going to be in buildings all day. And it used to be in Earl's Court, which is this massive campus of huge buildings. Um, There's one entire building about four stories tall just for the Caribbean. So <laughs> the place, it'll take you forever to get through there. And people that are interested in buying on behalf of their clients, on behalf of their company, on behalf of their tour operation from destinations and vendors in those destinations go to meet up with people to make deals and plans to work together. And you actually get to meet people so you know who you're working with once you get home and you're reduced to dealing across the ocean with somebody. And there are parties and there are um, events and there are um, people walking through the aisles. You know, you could be someplace and suddenly there are people from Korea coming through making marvelous sounds on these large shells that look like conch shells only on steroids or people playing bagpipes. And apparently... Um, Native Americans were represented in the form of Dennis Zotai uh, and the people that he was there with. That must have been thrilling for you. 
Uh, yes, it was. There are other travel markets, one in Stuttgart, one in Berlin, which oh, yeah. are equally as large. Yeah. And um, BIT. We were invited. BIT yeah, in we were Berlin. Um, and then there's one in Milan that I've been to. Oh, I've been to the one in Berlin, and I've been to the one in Milan. The only one I haven't been to, the only one I haven't been to is uh, Futur, F-U-T-U-R in Spain. Uh, I've been to all the other ones. Name the country, yeah, did that. And they're marvelous. But I'm sure that your being there brings a lot of attention to the museum of the American Indian uh, in the U.S. For people who are looking forward to the opportunity at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, of visiting the museum, can you give us about a minute or 90 seconds on what they're going to find when they come through? There are several exhibits uh, that interchange uh, during different parts of uh, different years so that those visitors who come to our museum will see something new if they come back in two or three years. Um, we, because we represent the entire hemisphere, um, there's no way that we can possibly um, represent the entire diversity of Native America. I know I only have 90 seconds, but I want to share some Native songs with you. I do perform at 1 p.m., when we're when the museum is open, it is presently closed because of the pandemic. Okay, so but here's what I'm we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do, Dennis. Um, I, don't waste time introducing your music. Just as my Irish friends, when I say, "Will you sing for us?" and before I've they I finish the sentence, they're already singing. Sing us out of this segment, and then stay with me, everybody, because there's more to come, and we're flying high. Sing for us, Dennis. What language is this? Um, it's not a language, it's intertribal. Many tribes sing this song. Okay, go I'm for it. Go for it. I'm going to start off with an Irish drum beat. They have a drum similar to ours with a two-sided stick. The Boran. Now, Indian drum beat. I want to thank you so much for joining us this hour. You're going to have to come back again. So much more to come, people. Don't leave me, Stephanie Abrams, and we're flying high.